Please be seated. And a moment of prayer. Oh, dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, we pray. Amen. You know, every time I sing that hymn, it really challenges me. Why don't I go to Jesus in prayer with everything as my first option? Oh, what peace I often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain I bear. All because I do not carry everything to God in prayer. And you know, I don't think it's just me. How often do we hear comments like this? Well, you know, I think we've done everything we can do. All we can do now is pray. Our New Testament reading today is the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi, a church that he himself started in Greece and actually the first church ever in Europe. So Philippi was an ancient city under Roman rule. The Romans had arrived and colonized Philippi 200 years before Paul arrived. And so the occupants of that city were under the Roman oppression with all that that entailed. And in this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, we again hear that call for believers to pray. In verse 6, Paul writes this, In every situation, present your requests to God. And what's the promise that comes if we do that? That the peace that transcends all understanding will be ours. What is God's peace like? What is it about this peace that is different to the world's peace? Now, the peace that the world gives comes when everything is going well, no worries, no stresses, you're doing what you want, or the world's peace means a lack of war or conflict. But the world's peace is completely dependent on circumstances. And it's a peace that's fragile and really quickly and easily lost. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that a time is coming when he won't be with them anymore. But he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Why? Because when he goes, he is leaving his peace behind. And his peace is nothing like the world's peace. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for peace is shalom, which many of us will be familiar with. And this is more than just a lack of trouble or stress. Shalom peace is described like this. A safety which brings feelings of satisfaction, well-being, contentment, a sense of wholeness. And it's something that's not external. It settles deep inside our inmost being. Of course, Paul wasn't writing in Hebrew. He was writing in Greek. And the Greek word for peace, and I'm probably going to get this wrong if we've got any Greek scholars out there, irene, do my best. But that word means just about the same thing as shalom. But I was interested to see that it adds one more element. In the Greek, it also means tranquility. And this, this 
is the peace that God gives to us all in Jesus by his Holy Spirit. And his peace can be ours even when everything around us is falling apart. No wonder it's beyond our understanding. I wonder if you have ever experienced God's peace. Can you put into words what it's like? Can you remember a particular time when you received God's peace? Maybe when you really needed it. So we're just going to take just a, a brief moment of quiet and we're going to think about that. Have we ever experienced God's peace? What was it like? When did it come? And if you want to share that with your neighbor, please go ahead. It'll just be a few moments. So Holy Spirit, would you come and bring to our remembrance the times when we have experienced God's peace, even if we didn't know that's what it was. Lord, thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And we ask that from this day forward, we recognize when your peace comes to us and that we are grateful for it. You know, if I was to answer that question, I would probably say that for me, and of course it may be different for other people, this peace feels like my insides have just settled they're still, and I feel safe and held. It can come in prayer, it can come in worship, it can come when I'm looking at the most glorious sunset, and would you believe it, it even came when I was writing this sermon. But there have been a few times when this peace has powerfully come completely out of the blue. You see, I can remember when our daughter was eight and I was about to leave the bathroom having got ready for the morning to go and wake her up. But before leaving the bathroom, I did what I often did then, which was to sit on the corner of the bath and say hello to Jesus. And as I sat down, I was hit immediately by the powerful presence and peace of God. Now, I remember saying something to him like, oh, Lord, that was nice. That was a surprise. I didn't expect that. I don't know why you did it, but thank you. But when I went to wake our daughter up, the other surprise, the one that God knew was coming, hit me. I couldn't find her anywhere. Eventually, we realized that she was actually nowhere to be found because at eight, she had run away. For at least an hour, we didn't know where she was. But God did. And when I look back, I could see that the gift of the peace in that moment confirmed that he was with us all, keeping us all safe. And although, of course, I was far from peaceful until I found her, which, of course, we did, and all was well. Just as Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid, Paul says much the same thing. In his letter to the Philippians, he says, do not be anxious about anything. But is that really possible? 
With all that's going on in our lives and in our world today, can we really get to a place where we can live without being overcome by anxiety or fear? Well, Paul tells us a few verses later after the reading that Tony read that he has learnt to be content in all circumstances, including being in prison as he wrote this letter. What seems impossible to us is possible with God. And Paul goes on to tell us how. Firstly, let's look and see what Paul writes just before he tells the Philippians not to be anxious. Paul writes, the Lord is near. This brings its own reassurance. If we're facing a tough situation, it's so good to have someone you trust with you. It's especially reassuring when the person with you is the God of the universe. In our call to worship, the psalmist declared, the Lord is near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth. Now the fact is, it doesn't always feel like God is near. But faith is more about trusting what the Bible tells us, isn't it, than how we feel in the moment. The last words of Jesus, as recorded in Matthew's gospel, was to reassure us that he really is always with us. In the Passion Translation, these words of Jesus are recorded like this. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of the age. Interesting fact, do not be afraid or words like that are recorded about 365 times in the Bible. Don't know who counted them, but that's at least one for each day. Jesus is always near by his Holy Spirit and for his followers. Jesus is as close as our own heartbeat. There is peace in knowing that Jesus is near. After Paul tells us that the Lord is near, he then says those words, do not be anxious about anything. However, he doesn't stop there. Next, there's a but. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's every situation that we're invited to present our requests, and we're told by Paul the way to do that. He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Now, petition is just putting the problem before God and asking for his help. But of course, petition is only one of the ways to pray. And I think that's why Paul writes with prayer and petition. So what is prayer? It always starts with us choosing to turn our attention towards God, choosing to focus on him, to sit or walk or work with him, to speak to him, and of course, to listen to him. And as we turn our attention to God's way and we choose to pray, maybe we will petition God and ask his, for his help for us or someone else. However, as we turn our attention towards God, we may just want to say hello. We may find ourselves worshipping when we realise who we're talking to. We just chat with him. Maybe we ask him questions. Maybe we let out our rage and anger towards him. Or maybe we just sit with him. 
Yes, prayer is more than just asking for help, but God does want us to ask. Now, when we pray, of course, we're usually by ourselves, but we can pray with others too. And that's why we have the trained healing prayer team here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, who will be here tonight. Because we know at times that some, you need someone to stand with you in prayer. So, in every situation that's causing us to worry, first, we choose our attention away from the problem and turn towards God. And we choose to pray. We talk to him about the problem and ask for his help. That's petition. But we don't stop there. We don't stop with the problem. Paul also mentions we need to pray with thanksgiving. And so our focus is back away from the problem and back onto God. Thanksgiving is a really powerful way to keep the focus on the one who is the answer to the problem. Now, even if there's nothing to be thankful for in the situation, we can focus on being thankful for who God is and who he has been for us and others in the past. We can remember our own experiences of God or perhaps those other people have shared with us or something we might have read. We can turn our minds to when he showed himself faithful in the past and thank him for his faithfulness. We can turn our minds to when he brought healing in the past and thank him that he's the healer. We can remember in the Bible that it says Jesus is the way and we can thank him that we, he will make a way for us even if to us there seems to be no way. And as we spend this time looking away from the problem and thanking God, our faith slowly builds up. And then our ability to trust God gets stronger. Choosing to trust someone's not easy, is it? Especially if you've been let down continually by others in the past whom you've chosen to put your trust in. But for all of us, finding out that God is trustworthy happens bit by bit. I wonder if learning to trust God is a bit like learning to swim. Now, it took me a long time to learn to swim, and I'm still not very good. And this is me. I stayed in the shallow end for a very long time, so I could put my foot down and just feel safe. But gradually, even I learned to trust that the water will hold me up, and I might float or move forward with it, and then maybe venture into deeper water. It's the same, you know, when we learn to trust God. We do it gradually. We ask for his help. And we get an answer, but not always the way we would like. But we look back and see he has answered our prayer. Now, our daughter, the one who ran away, was a real water baby. And at the age of three, you could literally throw her in the deep end of a swimming pool. And as long as she was wearing her trusty floating jacket, she was happy. And don't we sometimes get thrown into the deep end of life? And then we have to make a conscious effort, a choice to trust God to hold us safely, to keep us afloat so we don't go under. And when we do, when we follow Paul's advice, we can find that the Prince of Peace is right there with us in that situation and we are held in the safety of his 
shalom. Now, I think we need a brief aside here. It's important to know that if we are experiencing high levels of anxiety or worry and we've needed to go to the doctor and take medication, we mustn't feel condemned or guilty. I'm really not saying ditch the medicine and rely on prayer alone. God works through medical expertise too, but let us hear that gentle invitation to bring everything to him in prayer and seek his peace too. Now, it's not just Paul who knew these truths. Six centuries earlier, we heard from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And in his song of praise, he said this, You, Lord, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you if he trusts you. There is peace. In knowing that God is faithful and trustworthy. And you can leave your prayers safely with him. So we've prayed, we've petitioned, and we've been thankful. And now, as we keep our eyes turned to God, we can receive his peace deep within that makes no sense of what's happening around us. But it's real. And the amazing thing is, Paul tells us something else. It doesn't just make us feel peaceful. Paul says it also guards our hearts and guards our minds in Christ Jesus. This wonderful peace acts like a wall of protection. It's like having soldiers surrounding and guarding us. And it guards our heart, our emotions. And it guards our minds, our thinking. When we fix our mind on Jesus rather than the problem. And God's peace even protects and heals our physical bodies as the stress hormones come down, our immune systems improve, and our sleep improves. So have we trials and temptations? In our lives, is there trouble anywhere? Let us focus our attention on Jesus and pray and ask him for his help and trust him for the answer. And then find his shalom peace floods our anxious hearts and our worried minds. To paraphrase some words of Tom Wright, the theologian, if you want to know the peace of God. Get to know the God of peace. There is peace in knowing Jesus. Amen.